Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Hey everybody, welcome in to the Dublin to Denver podcast on the Mile High Report podcast network. Delighted to be joined again by Colin Stewart uh, and a special guest this week, Tim Lynch. Uh, I'll, I'll start off with yourself, Colin. Obviously, 3-0, to be expected. The big week awaits now against the Ravens. Yeah, I mean, look, this has been very efficient i think everyone knew, figured the the jets it, it was the the safest game i think we could have played especially with a rookie going up against uh, a rookie qb going up against vic fangio's defense um vic uh, enjoys giving rookies nightmares and zach wilson will have many nightmares about that uh game not that um i think the organization did him any favors i see the the 12 year old was back on uh tiktok again dissecting the jets and just how dysfunctional every single aspect of their play is not just the qb the tight ends the wide receivers the running backs the every single part of the o-line um yeah they are they are just a hot mess at, at the moment but you have to go and beat them so job done Stuart, we are currently unbeaten on this podcast, Dublin November podcast. Uh, hopefully we can go unbeaten again this week, but uh, a good start to the podcast, a good start to the season, man. Yeah, I mean, in some ways, without being disrespectful, it, it's it's almost like there's been an extremely long preseason um, and that's about to end. I think uh, just to sort of carry on what Colin was saying, like the Jets, to me, looked like one of the worst offences maybe the league has ever seen um you know not just this year but they they were catastrophically bad now i i think 
obviously we have a very strong defense so there is a, there is an aspect of that but they, they were awful you know so with something like that you just have to be efficient i think the, the broncos were very efficient i think that's sort of been sort of a, a, fa- a sort of a facet of their play all, all season they they've really been putting teams away with almost a minimal of fuss um unfortunately the injuries kicked in a little bit which is the one thing that you really didn't want in a game like against the jets um uh, but then again, you you know it, it's just an unfortunate thing that seems to happen. Um, so yeah, look, they've they've done what they needed to do. You can only be what's in front of you. Um, the real stuff starts now in a very very tasty game at the weekend. Very tasty. Another early game for us. Delighted, delighted also to be joined by the managing editor of Malhive Report, Tim Lynch. Tim, your first appearance on the podcast today. A very warm welcome to you. Um, how are you getting on? How are you enjoying the season so far? Well, thanks. Um, I, I'm loving it. Three and zero start. Uh, what's what's not to like? Um, you know, and and I know a lot of people are talking about the opponents that they they were given, but I'd be a lot more worried if they were winning these games in ways that they would win these types of games in the previous four seasons, which you know, kind of close, kind of I don't know if they're going to win, but they. They're giving the defense has given up about 8.8 points per game if you remove the special teams touchdown, and they have a plus 50 point differential in three games. They're they're winning these games with the way good teams win games, which is easily. <laughs> so you know that gives me a little bit of hope that uh, maybe this team's turning the corner and maybe we'll be talking playoffs at some point down the road if if things stay healthy and. Um, but first things up is, uh, the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson and, um, guys like Lamar Jackson are really tough, uh, to defend against even, even for a guy like Vic, Vic Fangio's, uh, defense, who's, you know, kind of the standard bearer of defense in the league right now. Um, so it's going to put, put him to the stress, uh, to the max stress there. And Teddy Bridgewater is going to have to come out and play good football. Um, I'm excited if they win this game, um, I'm, I'm going to be feeling pretty good. You know, they, they have a really tough stretch. Uh, I think they four of their next five games are against uh, 2020 playoff teams. And then uh, sandwiched in the middle is the Las Vegas Raiders, who are off to a hot start. So uh, the next five games are going to be huge, huge for the Broncos. It's, it's a really intriguing AFC West situation at the minute as well, Tim. And just before we move on, I know it's an audio podcast that, for anybody listening, it's obviously being an Irish Denver Broncos podcast. Tim has got a big, big picture of Ireland behind him as well. So obviously the Lynch surname, <laughs> Irish connotations there. So uh, Tim, it, it's always a good start there. Can you disclose your Irish heritage there, or is is, is that for a different podcast? Or uh, it's on our bucket list. You know, um, I actually didn't grow up knowing much about my family history, but my wife, um, her maiden name is Smith. Uh, and Griffin or her family surnames and she, her family was I think their third or fourth generation like they came over in the 20s early 1900s and they really kept their Irish roots uh, from you know New York uh, when when they came out to California so that came from her family but uh, since I met my wife I really learned a lot about my family tree and you know so I know Galway is probably where where we think my family came, you know, my family came from, but they've been here for, I think the, the longest line I could find from my uncles doing all this, not me personally, cause that's way too much work to track down, but, uh, was it's like late 1700s. So like 
they were like yeoman farmers is what they call them back in the day but i don't know it's it's crazy i, I love ireland though we we want to go visit there and you know that's on our bucket list for sure but i think she's she knows like from um i'd have to go look but it's along the the atlantic coast but uh the county is it county cork uh, Ross Common is one actually, definitely Ross Common. Her mom used to talk about that all the time. So, but you know, my I was fortunate enough because my family was never keeping up on that stuff growing up. That my that I met my wife because she really made me realize that there's a lot to learn about your heritage. So, I love Ireland. You know, it's pretty cool to be on this podcast. To be honest. <laughs> Awesome and look, it's 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 good to have you on, Tim, as well. But and, and we really appreciate the opportunity. And it was good, Colin, to meet a few Broncos fans at the weekend as well. I don't want to jump to the Ravens just yet. Just to, even if it's a split second talk, but Colin, did anything else stand out for you in that Jets performance? Obviously, Tim mentioned there and Stewart's mentioned there, but not conceding any points at all, no matter who you're playing. It's it's not bad. I suppose the what what um kind of we we did different was just the, the protection of the ball we're not we're not giving the ball away which is so different to how things have been over the past few seasons and it, it's kind of being being sensible making the right decisions both on on the field and and off the field and again that's that's a nice change of pace uh when you're you're watching the the game and you're not tearing your hair out other than at special teams and you, you look at the the rankings across the board and the defense is playing lights out right it really couldn't be much better the offense has been reasonably solid um you know you, you'd like to see the run game do potentially a little bit more kind of Gordon 70 yard run helping things a little bit but you know you you'd have to say doing really really well especially given the the injuries um but, but special teams are the ones you're kind of like there's the intake of breath whenever there it comes to returning like a, a punt return or a kick return because you just don't know what what it might lead to and um you know that's uh that's the the, the one um really big area of concern i think going into um the the game against the the ravens um that i would that i would have and Stuart, kj hamler's out for the season um it's i, I i'm honestly gutted for him as well it's it's just it's unfortunate news in, in what I, you know taken away from that it's been a great few weeks but i guess that's the one sort of blemish on the last few weeks yeah i mean you you, you know as I, as I was saying earlier on michael you never you never want to lose a player. You, you, you particularly don't want to lose a player in a game against the Jets, which you know was was always going to be a bit of a gimme. Um, unfortunately, he was shaping up to be a key member of the team, and he's got a very particular sort of skill set that's going to be difficult to sort of replace. You know, because it's not just speed. I think he he was beginning to look like he he knew how to use it this season, uh, which may not have necessarily been the case all the time last year. So I know I, I think they've taken a guy more um, from someone's practice squad um, who has experience in the league and has a bit of pace himself. But yeah, I mean, there's no way of sugarcoating it. I think the the two positions we were deepest at going into the season were wide receiver and cornerback. And um, we've taken some hits to both of those uh, 
sort of position groups already, particularly wide receiver. You know, so we're now down to Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, who had a great game. Um, but then after that, you're looking at guys that would have been sort of considerably down the depth chart, like uh, Spencer's got a lot of reps at the weekend, probably more than he, he would have anticipated himself. So they're going to have to be clever. They're going to have to scheme around this and hope that Jerry Judy can get back on schedule. But I think six weeks was the um, the optimistic outlook for that. So there's still some time before Judy comes back. And, you know, losing two out of your top three wide receivers is a, it's a tough ask for any team. Um, so we really can't afford to get any more injuries in that position. Um, and the same with, with cornerback, you know, because... They, they, they're the strengths of your team. You, you want to keep them strong. So, yeah, it's just unfortunate. But um, I guess, you know, you, you move on. Everybody gets injuries. We haven't had more than, than you know, it's not like we've been hit by the, a sort of a freak set of them. Um, you know, I think we Dalton Riser and Glasgow are both questionable, I think, from the injury report today as well. So, um, you know, Colin touched on it a minute ago. I, I think... I, I thought there were signs that we were we looked like we were running the ball a little bit better. I know uh, Javante Williams had a fumble, but the game's dead at that stage. Um, you know, so I think we're, we're you, you'd wonder if we can continue to run the ball down our two starting guards. That's going to be difficult. Um, but then again, the Ravens, very peculiarly for them, um, we may not need to run the ball as much as we have done because their passing defense is, is really not as strong as it has been in recent years. So for once, uh, you know, ever on this podcast, let's throw the ball against the Ravens. <laughs> it's, it's, I never, ever thought I was going to hear myself say that, but, uh, but yeah, you know, let's hope that's the last of the serious injuries now going forward with, uh, with starters, you know, cause we, we just, you know, we, we can't really afford to take too many more hits. Yeah. Hopefully I, I really, don't want to see you know, like a repeat of last season where there seemed to be an injury every week and when you thought it was bad it got worse so obviously thoughts and uh, you know just just prayers up for KJ Hamler I know he'll come back better next season but um Tim uh, before we look at the Ravens game we haven't talked to you this season yet so what's your thoughts been on Teddy Bridgewater because obviously you the guys pre-week one that were very much either in the Drew Lock camp in the Teddy camp or you had still have people up in the hills looking for Aaron Rodgers so how have you found him the first three weeks? Uh, I I kind of turned to Teddy Bridgewater early on in the in the uh, training camp. Um, when word came out that they're pretty even, I was I was immediately drawn to the veteran over over Drew Lock. You know, um, whether or not Drew Lock's going to end up being a good quarterback in the NFL is an unknown. Uh, I think sitting a season behind a guy like Teddy is going only going to help him. Um, so, you know, I don't think, I think starting him would have been a huge risk. And for Vic Fangio, whose back was up against the wall after two losing seasons, I mean, you could almost predict who he was going to go with to try to win some football games. Um, and it's turned out beautifully. Teddy Bridgewater is playing the best football of his career through, through the first three weeks. Um, and you know, the, the only, the only issue I see right now is, um, some questionable play calling in the red area, red zone, um, not putting enough touchdowns on the board uh, through the first three weeks. And granted, you know, as bad as the Jets and the Giants are, they, they have decent defenses. Um, but even so, I feel like they left a lot of points on the board uh, or off the board by not converting those red zone um, opportunities. 
uh, into touchdowns. So I'd like to see more of that. Um, but as far as Drew Locke goes, you know, I don't, I know there's a lot of people that really believe uh, in, in him and in his long-term viability. Um, but I'll, I'll be honest in, in preseason, um, we saw the first preseason game, he was lights out. But then the second and third preseason games, we started to see the old Drew Locke of, from 2020 that couldn't really read defenses, uh, couldn't anticipate uh, seeing uh, throwing wide receivers wide receivers open. Um, he's more of a I have to see you open before I throw the ball kind of guy, and that's just not a great way to. Uh, it's not a great thing to be in the NFL because everything is by the slimmest of margins uh, at this level. So, you know, it'll be, that's not to say he, he'll never be um, a good quarterback. It's just sitting a year behind a guy like Teddy is only going to help him. Uh, I hope people understand that and don't have, you know, animosity still over that whole drama. Cause there was a lot of people dug in, like we're talking um, going back to the Tebow Orton days kind of dug in, like just, crazy for their guy um but hopefully you know winning cures all so if the broncos can keep this train going and and you know stay stay ahead of the curve um i don't think uh the quarterback issues are going to be a, an issue this year so they'll be back next year though don't, don't mark my words <laughs> we'll we'll be arguing quarterbacks come 2022 but for now let's let's focus on where we're at <laughs> Death taxes on Broncos quarterback situations in, <laughs> in June or July. Uh, Colin, let's look at this week. The Broncos have the chance to go 4-0 for the first time in God knows how long. This is a, a huge opportunity. It's something that we talked about on our, on our I guess, preview in the season. We go 3-0, hopefully, and then we get to that fourth game, the Ravens. Without giving away a game pick, so don't be giving away a game pick. What's your thoughts on, on, on this game on Sunday? And um, Yeah, it's... It, we have to win this game, yeah? Yeah? <laughs> um, well, it, look, there, there are a number of things around it. But what, one thing just to say is um, Broncos QB issues aren't just for uh, for the summer. Uh, they, you know, just like, like uh, puppies, they're year round because this week we um, decided to, you know, elevate Brett Rippon. Um, only the Broncos could have that much around a third string QB. Um like you shouldn't know who your third string QB is. Like I go back to that Tom Moore story about Peyton and you don't like if wh why doesn't Peyton's back up? Cause we don't practice. You know what? Well, apparently the Broncos do. Apparently the Broncos have so many concerns around their, not just their starter going down, but their backup going down that they needed the third string guy there just in case. And, and that, to me, in a division against two worldies, right, in Herbert and, and Mahomes, is enormously concerning. And I think that I, I'm, I'm still baffled by that. Anyway, that is, there's my rant of the, the week. Um, this, this game, if, if you had probably looked at it maybe a month ago, um, you know, you really felt that the Ravens would have been favorites for for this. Uh, and anatomy of an ad subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting edge A.I. 
Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. But the the way the, the Broncos have played and, and the injuries that the Ravens have suffered, I mean, they lost their three starting running backs before the season opener. They lost their CB1 um, before the, the season opener. Um, and they 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 just got on with it which i think is a testament to harbaugh and his coaching um i can't remember if it's two or three years because COVID has warped time there was talk that they weren't going to renew harbaugh's contract and i thought get the man to to denver because it never made sense to me that they weren't going to do it he's clearly an, an incredibly um talented coach and and they play for him um, so is this going to be uh, a, a tough game? Um, I think it, it it absolutely will be. But is it a, a winnable game? Um, yeah, um, g- given the way we're playing, given the injuries that that they have, because they are, you know, even even with players returning from COVID protocol, um, they Ronnie Stanley is is likely out. Um, Derek Wolf and um, Elliot, their safety, are both questionable. And Stuart highlights they are ranked thirtieth against the pass. The Ravens thirtieth against the pass, um, giving up a, a huge amount uh, uh, in terms of they've allowed a completion percentage of sixty eight percent. I mean. This is definitely the the time I think to to be playing them if you wanted to do it. And I saw also a stat said the the Broncos are number one in the league right now in terms of average time of possession, and that's exactly what you want against the the Ravens, just to hog the the ball and, and don't allow them um, to to have it. I'm intrigued to see what Vic Fangio is going to do against the against Lamar Jackson, um, this to me feels a bit like trying to game plan for Cam Newton in Super Bowl 50, right? Because he's probably a little bit underrated as a, as a thrower, um, but he is explosive with his legs. And if there's a gap, he will make plays. I mean, we saw that last year in their playoff game. He wasn't really doing anything. He was struggling a little bit and all of a sudden he took off and momentum swings are, are a real um, issue. But look, um, Tim Patrick is playing fantastic given their uh, defense at the moment. Throw to Tim Patrick all day because he is the absolute antithesis of Hollywood Brown. He catches everything and anything that uh, comes his his way. And yeah, I, I would like to, to just see us look towards Sutton and uh, Tim Patrick at the, the weekend and mix in a bit of our, our um, tight ends as, as well. They are very good against the, the run, but obviously you, you'll, you'll try some. But I think Tim Patrick's going to be really important in this one. Yes, sir. Stuart, just without giving a game pick away, what's your thoughts ahead of this game on Sunday? Yeah, I'm intrigued by this game as well. I think um, it's, a, it's a testament to, to Harbaugh and the Ravens that despite the fact that you know, they lost three starting with three of their running backs going into the season. They're still the number one ranked rushing offense in the league. Obviously, most of that's to do with Lamar Jackson. Um, but you've got guys like Freeman and um, Latavius Murray are now beginning to get up to speed. So the first thing that's going to happen at the weekend is 
the the massive discrepancy in time of possession is not going to be it's not going to be there it's that's just not going to happen because you've got a team that runs the ball as well as they do they're going to demand more minutes than we've given to the opposition up to this point so i think that means then you're going to have to start to to change things up a little bit um you know and the fact that they're so good against the run and the fact that we haven't been able to really get the one game going as well as we've hoped um you would think then that passing is the way to go um I, the thing that concerns me a little bit about this game is that i think it was about two years ago or maybe it was last season again like colin COVID has d- destroyed all our memories um the chiefs were ranked last against the run going into the game against the broncos at mile high and then they absolutely destroyed our ground game so sometimes teams can turn it around um but i think you've got a really good interesting match of the styles you've got you know Vic Fangio's defenses are lauded with good reason um he seems to be the godfather of NFL defenses at the moment and our defense has been brilliant so far even allowing for the fact that they've lost a couple of starters already um so I think the strengths that we have and the strengths that they have match up well you know they should be able to exploit some of the things against us we should be able to exploit some of the things against them I think this could be a really, really good game. I think this could be a proper, you know, team with the final possession wins it field goal, which, you know, if Justin Tucker's anything to go by can happen from within, you know, their side of the ball, like their halfway line, you know, they can they can hit them, especially in mile high. Maybe special teams, column I know, has, has, has had a massive problem, rightly so. Special teams could be a factor. I don't know how good the Ravens special teams are. I don't think you should know how good a team's special teams are. They should be just something you never have to concern yourself with. Um, but that's, you know, we can't have all the good things that we want. So I just think it's a brilliant, it's, it potentially could be a brilliant game. And I have kind of been the slightly grumpy old man in this podcast when it comes to fully believing you were supposed to all say you're not an old man, Stuart, but you, you, you're all on mute, so you, you, you didn't jump for the chance. No, I, I haven't been fully convinced yet because we have played three teams that are combined uh, records are 0-9. Um, however, if we win this game, if we were to win two out of the next three games, I, I am absolutely 100% a believer then in that case because I think, you know, the the real stuff begins now. The Ravens are a good test because they're, they're not perfect. They're not as strong as they have been in recent years. So there's, there's ways for us to exploit them. And I think the advantage of having three easy games um, means that at least we're going into this with some belief and some momentum. And we know what we do well at this stage now, which I think can help. There's no debate about the things that we do well. We take care of the ball. We don't throw interceptions. We've got a very strong defense. So I think this this could be a this could be one of the best games that we have seen as Broncos fans for years. I genuinely think that. I, I really can't wait for it. I agree with what both of you are saying. I'm not going to give a game pick away yet, but for me, I, I, I think this is going to be a very low-scoring game. I don't think... like It might not be interesting to watch for the neutral on TV, but I think with our defense being as good as it is, I, I think it could be a very low-scoring, very stop-start game. And um, The one thing I will say is, and I'll talk about it whenever I make my pick at the end of this podcast, You know, the Ravens did not play well in Detroit last week, and Lamar Jackson does not play usually doesn't have a bad week and then have another bad week. He usually has a bad week and then comes back into it. And that's what I am starting to realize now while I speak. I'm, I'm starting to get scared of that, but um, they were not good last week. Uh, Tim, I'm conscious you're sitting there, you're listening to our thoughts. You know, again, w- without giving a pick away, what's your insight in this game on Sunday? What's the community on Malhai Report as well 
thinking ahead of this game on Sunday. Well, I, I, I definitely wanted to mention the, the David Moore signing um, because uh, Colin was talking about the wide receiver situation um, and losing KJ Hamler. He doesn't get a lot of looks each week, but what he does is he stresses the defense uh, vertically and, and not even just vertically, just sideline to sideline. You put him out there, he's stressing the defense because he's fast. He's hard to, to track. And to lose a guy like that, it changes the whole dynamic. Um, so when George Payton went out and got uh, David Moore, who has 4-4 speed, um, you know, was even as a, a reserve guy in Seattle for three seasons, he got five touchdowns a year. You know, he, he's a guy that can take the top off the defense. Um, and it's a guy nobody was talking about. You know, everybody's like, oh, naming the big names that are out there. Uh what was the the popular one? It was like Josh Gordon or something. Um, but I've, you know, David Moore is like super, still young, still in his prime. I think it's the perfect addition. Question is, is how long will it take him to get up to speed um, to play? Is it going to be this week? I'm not, I don't think so. So um, I think this week's going to be about ball control. Um, if, if the Broncos can continue to sustain long drives and eat it up the clock, and the defense is able to uh, stymie the Ravens' offense for a couple of drives, that time of possession is going to continue to grow in disparity, just like it has the first three weeks. Uh, you know, Denver's offense seems to be able to just sustain drives. Um, I think they only have two, three and outs, maybe, maybe three. I'm not – it's hard to re remember them, but I know they've. there's been a couple. <laughs> but it's just – that's the winning formula that the Broncos have found with Teddy Bridgewater is those 15 play field goal drives <laughs> that eat up 10 minutes. You know, it's just, it's boring in some, some sense, but at the same time, when you, when you look at it over the course of a 60 minute game, the other team has fewer possessions and the fewer possessions you can give Lamar Jackson, the better it's going to turn out for your football team and the lower scoring game. It'll be, I think you're right. There is a good chance that we'll see a lower scoring game this week. Um, but there's also a good chance, you know, Lamar Jackson goes ham and <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater is going to have to throw the ball a lot to keep up. Uh, I'm hoping it's the former, obviously, but uh, with a guy like Lamar, you just never know. Uh, Vic Fangio called him the Barry Sanders at quarterback. And it's just, I think what he meant with that is you, you put the ball in his hands and you don't know what's going to happen because anything could happen because he's that good. And, you know, that's that's the scary part with Lamar Jackson. So, you know, they win this game. They're 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 off to the races at that point. They lose this game. They're going to have to make it up uh, in the next two weeks against the is it the Steelers and Ra Raiders coming up. Um, but obviously, I'd much rather they win this one because it's it's a huge game. It could have playoff implications, too, because the Ravens are a good enough team to be in the mix uh, come December. Yes, sir, and I completely agree as well. I just can't wait to see what our record is after this week. I'm just so nervous ahead of Sunday night. Let's cut the crap, as they say. Let's see, are we taking the over? Are we taking the under here, Colin? Who wins this Sunday and why? Um, I, I do think it'll be a very close game. Um, it probably won't be high score that high scoring, but then I do remember the the Chiefs beating us seven three um, back when uh, Tivo threw um, six six complete six completed passes in the game. 
Um, so I don't, I don't think we're looking at uh, anything um, like that. Um, but yes, t- t- Tim, th- there would still be people that would tell you that Tim Tebow in, in, in Broncos country was a great QB um, and just wasn't given a proper chance. Now, um, I my concern is special teams could cost you in a, in a, in a really tight game. Um, I, I think that they, they could. But I do think that there's a feeling around Von Miller this year um, that Vaughn is kind of coming back to finding his way back uh, to to where he he was, um, and while we're not talking 2015 playoff Vaughn, um, we are you know Vaughn's level is such that he can he can wreck games, and I think that you know he. He he will. The Ravens are going to have to the game plan. I think it's also interesting that it's Fangio against Greg Roman. Um, obviously together in San Francisco, two guys who know one another. So that'll be interesting to to see as well. I really do think this is this is a winnable game. I I think the Broncos can can sneak it. Um, I you know we're not scoring enough points for this league that would be the one concern because the league is all about points and we see the cowboys put up points and um but i do think we can do enough to beat the ravens 24 21 24 21 stuart are you gonna go 40 to 37 or, or what, what what's your fault no 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 i'm not um somebody's winning this game 23 21 and i'm not entirely sure who it is um so I, I, I don't know. I mean, I can, as I said, I touched on earlier on, I, I genuinely do think this is one of those ones where you, you're kind of going, whoever gets his hands on the ball last potentially is the team that's going to win it. Um, I, don't, I, I genuinely, I, I wouldn't be hugely surprised if, if the Broncos won this game. You know, it wouldn't be a massive upset for me by any stretch. I wouldn't be surprised if the Ravens sneaked it because I think they're, they're kind of canny enough uh, to eke out a win, as you were saying, Michael, they played very poorly against Detroit, but they still won, um, and they they beat the the Chiefs the week previously. So you know, there's obviously a lot of talent there. Um, okay, gun to my head, I'm going to go 23-21 to the Broncos, and I finally become a believer in in this in this young season. Tim, surely you're picking the Broncos, man. Yeah, I wrote my score predictions down before anybody started, and I was surprised pretty close to uh, to both of you guys. But uh, I just wanted to point out, as a reformed Tebow maniac, I'd also like to point out that uh, there was a time when Denver beat the Chiefs with Tebow having two completions, and one being a 57-yard touchdown to Eric Decker. So just, you know... But uh, I, I am I still twitch. I, am... <laughs> I still twitch from those days, Tim. I know, me too. It's, 2011 was a fun season, but uh, you know, it, it took Peyton Manning to, uh, you know, bring me off the the cliff with Tim Tebow. So, um, I think for this game, it's going to be close. And I also think I'm with Stewart on on the the, the team that has the ball last. Um, I'm going to go with Teddy and leading a, a field goal winning drive to win the game. Broncos 24, Ravens 23. Oh, 24. Some some nice scores there. Um, boys, I I think we get the game. I th- sorry, I think we win the game. I think in the fourth quarter with a minute to go, we're up 20 to 17. And I think uh, Pat Sertain picks off Lamar Jackson. 
I think the whole place goes nuts. I think Vic Fangio goes insane. And the Broncos go 4-0. I actually, I'm not even, do you know what it is? I think it's because we're playing at home. I'm not even nervous. I'm, I'm not even like remotely concerned. I feel like if we were going to Baltimore in like the depths of like November, December, I'd be really nervous. But I just think the role this team's on, I think we're going to go. I think we're going to score points. I think we're going to hold them. And I think I think we're going to win. Um, it'll be interesting though if if Baltimore did take the lead to see how we react to that, you know, trying to be down and seeing how we get on from that. But boys, I'm I'm taking us 2017. 2017. Hey, four I for like four. I like you're, it. You're not, you know, you've no concerns because it's at home. Um, how how have you gotten <laughs> on in in all your trips to Mile High, Michael? Oh, and four. But to be fair now, you know, I've seen Trevor Simeon twice. Hang on. You're not going up over the weekend, are you? <laughs> no, no, because we're not allowed in yeah, the no, country. I, but that's, I was, that's, I was that's, immediately that's, going to change my score prediction if he was going. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what, I'm going Rock, to the... The Broncos could be the, taking on a team from the from the Canadian League. And if Michael was screw over, I'd, <laughs> I'd, I'd literally put what money I had in the bank on the, on, on the team from Calgary to win that game. That's our picks, folks. Can I just thank uh, Tim Lynch for coming on? Tim, we really appreciate the opportunity of having the podcast on on Malhai Report. Hope you're enjoying. It's good crack, as, as Ian Sinclair said last week. Um, would love to have you on again at some point in the season. And I hope you and just, I guess, everybody listening enjoys the games this weekend. And hopefully, go Broncos, lads. And thanks a million for your time. Go Broncos. Thanks for having me. Go Broncos. Me. Go Broncos. Thanks, Tim. <laughs>